The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the Town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Community Conversations. I'm your host, Roger Colton. Today, I have invited all three candidates for Belmont's Board of Selectmen to join me. We are recording separate half-hour segments with each candidate. The three candidates are Tim Flood, Roy Epstein, and Jesse Bennett. The audio version of these podcasts will be available on the Belmont Media Center's website, belmontmedia.org, and a television version will be available not only on the website, but will also be broadcast multiple times on the Belmont Media Center's television stations. You can review the weekly programming schedule for Belmont Media at belmontmedia.org to find the day and time of the broadcast at the time most convenient to you. Tim, welcome to today's edition of Community Conversations. I know you've got a small business, you're busy, and I truly appreciate uh, you taking time to come over and talk with us today. Thank you very much for inviting me. Before we really get into the meat of our conversations uh, today, can you give us a, uh, a, a brief introduction to who you are? Who is Tim Flood? Sure. Uh, well, my name's Tim Flood, um, and I'm, of course, a, a candidate for the Board of Selectmen. Um, I, um, I've lived in Belmont for about seven years um, with my seventh grade daughter, uh, Victoria, and uh, my girlfriend, Casey. Um, I graduated from Arlington High School, and uh, after that, I joined the I joined the Marine Corps. Um, I was in the Marine Corps uh, about six years active, um, two years inactive. While I was active, um, I deployed for both uh, the Afghanistan War and the War in Iraq. Um, I, I had actually originally got out of my first four years, um, and then was recalled about a month and a half later. Um, so I wasn't actually expecting to be recalled for the, for the Iraq War. Um, after that, after I got back from my second deployment, I um, shortly thereafter um, got into federal law enforcement, um, and I was there for about four years or so, uh, and then uh, decided to start my own business. Um, and, of course, that's East Coast Chip Keys here in, in, in Belmont. Okay, on Trapella Road. Correct. All right, let's let people know. It's on Trapella Road right, right out of Waverly Square. It is, 458 Trapella Road. Okay, thanks. Um, we're going to talk about four substantive uh, topics today. Sure. Uh, I'm going to ask about the budget, about capital expenditures, about the environment, and about town governance. Uh, we have a lot to cover. So sure. as um, the town moderator tells us at town meeting every single year, uh, when you give me an answer, give the headline first and then back up and fill it in. Sure. If you would, please, that is. I, I'll do my best. <laughs> okay. Let's start with the, uh, the town budget. Uh, last August, the Collins Center forecasted a $2.3 million deficit in fiscal year 2021, which begins on July 1 of 2020. I don't want to talk about the budget generically. What I do want to ask specifically is this. Just a couple of years ago, Belmont voters approved an operating override that allowed a property tax increase. 
And at the time of the override, there were folks who said that there was a substantial potential for financial savings in in Belmont's budget. Do you agree that there is room for financial savings? And if so, where might those savings arise? Absolutely not. Um, The reason why I say that is we have um, about $150 million in liabilities currently for our pension and OPEB, um, and we haven't been taking proper steps to pay that. Uh, And when you take that into account and you actually look at the budget um, that I've read about two weeks ago, uh, it's showing us uh, about $16 negative. So... If we're saying that you know we have ability to have extra money somewhere, we're not showing it on the books. And the reality is, if it's not on the books, we don't have it. Okay, uh, when the town passed an operating the operating override a few years ago, uh, the belief was that it would last uh, uh, a few years, and we've squeezed uh, some extra time, even beyond what was originally expected. Uh, when would you expect there to be a, a need for another operating operating override? No later than twenty twenty one. Okay. It's it's uh it's it's already pending. Um, you know, um, the selectmen I think are uh, starting to acknowledge that. Um, I in uh, I I to be honest with you, I don't recall uh, what meeting I was in recently, um, but it was referenced in the meeting that it's very likely it's going to be by twenty twenty one. And, um, and and I, I think that's uh, after looking at the budget myself, I I don't think there's a question about that. And when we say 2021, just to uh, you know what you're saying there, and I know what you're saying, but uh, that means the budget year that starts in July of 2020. Correct. And would be the fiscal year 2021. Correct. Uh, okay. Let's um, in, in a 2015 report to a town meeting, the town's warrant committee reported that fire suppression constitutes nearly 90% of Belmont's fire department budget. In contrast, out of the 4,700 incidents uh, that the Warrant Committee reported, uh, only 2.4% involved actual fires. Another third involved emergency responses by an ambulance, and another 20% involved life support transport. Given that data, how do you react to the notion that perhaps it's time for Belmont to move to a combined public safety department rather than having separate a separate fire department and a separate police department? I, I would say as far as combining the two departments, I, I, are you asking if we're, if we're looking to combine um, physical locations or, or the functionality of both? Functionality. I, I mean, the, the police have a completely separate mission than your fire department. Um, so realistically, there to try and merge them, I, I, I don't think is is something that is is viable. Quite frankly, um, you know, they're they they have two separate. I mean, of course, you know, fire department has multiple locations throughout the town uh, to be able to respond quickly, and uh, police obviously they as a general rule they'll stage vehicles throughout the town to be able to respond quickly. Uh, you know, but again, their roles are two separate entities and two separate, two completely separate roles for the town. So uh, I would say no, we, we can't merge that. Okay, let's leave the operating budget uh, for a minute and talk about capital needs in Belmont for a few minutes. Uh, the Belmont Library Building Committee recently 
hired an architect to actually begin designing a, uh, a new Belmont Public Library. And the proposal is to build a new structure at the same site as the existing structure on Concord. And the new building would be, uh, or was projected if it, the construction had started this year in 2019, was projected to cost $23.4 million. Do you agree with the recommendation to move forward with building a new library? So the recommendation on a whole, uh, yes, absolutely. We, we need a new library. A, a library is fundamental to an operating town. Um, you know, and, and in fact, uh, this particular library, and uh, if, if I'm remembering correctly, they are the 11th most visited library in the country. Um, so that tells you a lot. Um, and, and it's obviously not just Belmont that's using that library. It's surrounding communities. So, you know, you can look at that in a multifaceted way where you have the individuals from town using it, but then you have various people from other towns using it. So then that might transcribe into, okay, maybe they stop at the local pizza place or, or maybe they stop at the local store. So, you know, taking that in, into consideration, there's no doubt we need another library. And given that the town... Uh, just passed the debt exclusion for a new uh, 7 through 12 school. Where does the library fit in uh, your vision? I don't know if that's the right word, but your notion of timing for building a new, or pursuing a new library. Well, that's the tricky part that we're looking at. Um, this is a very big project that we're going to be working on, a multiple-year project for the high school, and you know, we're, we're trying to put the police station at the same time and the DPW at the same time. And it's not realistic to have them going on at the same time. They need to be spaced out more properly. Um, you know, when you're looking at, you know, uh, having a debt exclusion, um, you have to properly space those out because they come due. You know, so the reality is if you don't space them out, you're going to put yourself in a position where you're not going to be able to pay something on time. Okay, uh, relating to, or let's think about capital expenditures in particular, although I think that this question also applies to an operating override. Uh, on the one hand, we have buildings that have to be replaced. I, we have to have a new school. We have to have a new library. Uh, we have to have a new police station. Uh, and that, th those buildings together unquestionably are going to cost a lot of money. That, that's a term of art, a lot of money. Uh, on the other hand, we have Belmont residents who are often aged and who have often lived here their entire lives who simply can't afford to pay the increased property tax bill that's necessary to fund what needs to be funded. So on the right. one hand, the inability to pay doesn't make the need go away, but the need doesn't make the ability to pay I any greater. As a member of the Board of Selectmen, you're right smack in the middle of, of that. How, how do you balance those? Did that question make sense? Yeah, so I think so. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, one, one of the things that is unfortunate for the town is uh, the maintenance plans that should have been put into place many, many years ago were not put in place and or they weren't followed. Um, and I, I can't answer if they weren't put in place or if they weren't followed. But the reality is anytime you have a structure, and to include the brand new um, uh, school that's going to be put in, you have to have a maintenance plan. And if you don't put the maintenance plan in, in the beginning, then you can't anticipate your long run. Uh, so, you know, it, it's something that 
should have been done a long time ago. It wasn't. So now, unfortunately, we have to address it. And what, what has tend to happen through the years is things get kicked down the road. Uh, and the reality is everything's coming to a head now. Okay. And how do we help people who can't, uh, can't afford to pay? So, or, or, I mean, or do we? Uh, maybe I shouldn't assume. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I, I think the reality is we want to help everyone. Uh, I think that's human nature. Um, but I think we're in a position, and, and it, it pains me to say this, I think we're in a position where we can't help everyone. And, and we have to say, you know what, this is our budget. This is where we're at. This is what we can do. And we can't overspend because we've already overspent in the past. So we have to nip it in the bud now and say we have to take austerity measures now, get us back to a level playing ground, and then move forward. So it's going to hurt people right now. And unfortunately, you know, it's, it's not the people that are acting now. It's what wasn't done in the past that's making them react now. Okay. Let's talk about uh, the environment uh, sure. for a few minutes. Uh, not too long ago, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency released its assessment of local water quality in the Mystic River watershed. And the EPA found that of the Mystic River's 21 communities, Belmont's waterways in particular were in horrible shape. Uh, one of the primary sources of the offending pollution, the EPA said, is, quote, uncontrolled urban stormwater runoff. Now, nearly all state and federal programs that provide grant money to help local governments upgrade their stormwater systems require a matching local dollar amount. But because Belmont's current system of funding its stormwater system is through rates, and rates aren't considered to be an adequate source of matching funds, Belmont can't access those state and federal uh, dollars. Given uh, all of that, would you support the creation of what's called the stormwater utility, a specific assessment uh, uh, to help fund stormwater controls? Yeah, I, I would. You know, I, I've, I've already been, uh, I've said that publicly before. Uh, realistically, you know, that's the only way, again, because we're in debt and we've been in debt for a long time, um, you know, for us to address everything that we need to address, um, you know, I don't, I don't see a way, and maybe someone can suggest something to me, but I don't see a way to do it without having a fee. Okay. In May of 2000, let's change uh, um, uh, areas of the environment a, a little bit. In May of 2016, the state's Supreme Judicial Court ruled in the case Kane v. Massachusetts Department of Environmental Protection that the state has not done enough to meet the mandates of the state's 2008 Global Warming Solutions Act, which requires Massachusetts to cut its greenhouse gases 25% below 1990 levels by 2020. Uh, SJC Justice Robert Cordy described the language of the Global Warming Solutions Act as unambiguous. In light of that SJC decision, and given that the Belmont Board of Selectmen also sits as the Belmont Light uh, Governing Board, the Light Board, do you support the recommendations of the town's energy committee, which I chair as full disclosure, sure. that Belmont Light move to a 100% emission-free supply by the year 2022? I think it's a good goal to have. 
do I think it's realistic to be in that timeline? No, I don't. Um, so it, as, as a town, we need to set goals, but they need to be realistic as well. Um, and, 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 and in all fairness, I don't know when that initial goal was set up. Um, so I'd have to say based upon when it was originally set up to now, was it realistic at that point in time? Is it possible? Yes, but I don't know when it was set up. Obviously, you can feel free to fill me in that with that. But as far as if we're talking today, no, it's not, it's not a realistic goal for us to meet. And what sorts of uh, specific steps might you recommend uh, or endorse uh, or suggest? Uh, fill in the, the right word there. I, so, I'm not trying to pin you down sure, on sure. that. Yep. That's not the important part of the question. Sure. Uh, no, of course. You know, one of the things that, um, you know, uh, when you're in a position like this, a lot of people look for you for answers. And the reality is you don't have all the answers. We have a lot of great volunteers in this town, um, and we have a lot of committees that are, you know, are tied into volunteers as well. And I would have to reach out to them and get their recommendations. You know, of course, I'm going to take their recommendations, but I'm going to listen to the townspeople as well, you know, because the, you know, every board has a goal in mind. And, you know, maybe it's what the board wants, but maybe it doesn't necessarily exactly tie into what the town wants. We need to make sure that that merges somewhere. But at, at the end of the day, questions like that, there's a reason why we have boards and there's a reason why we have volunteers. Okay. Uh, finally, I'd like to talk about town governance for sure. uh, a couple of minutes. There has been a substantial concern over the past few years now that the job of being a member of Belmont's Board of Selectmen is just too big for a person uh, who is, for the, uh, for the most part, an unpaid volunteer. Um, one aspect that seems to receive particularly short shrift is the job of being a member of the light board, which runs the Belmont Light Department. Would you support uh, or not support separating the light board from uh, the job of the light board from the job of being a member of the Board of Selectmen? I mean, I, I think that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I don't know why it, that happened in the first place, to be honest with you. Um, with that being the fact that they're one in the same body? Correct. Okay. Uh, it, you know, and, and I would imagine there might be some conflict of interest at times. Um, that would be my concern. Um, you know, so if you're, if you're on a board and you're supposed to be a representative of the selectmen, if there was some sort of conflict of interest, then you're, you, you have to recuse yourself. And that, you know, long term, that, that could potentially cause problems. Um, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of offhand that would be a problem. Um, but, you know, I, it seems to me that we have enough people that are interested in volunteering or, or, or uh, coming on a board and, and working on a board that it, I think we should be able to spread load that a little bit more. And do you have opinions about uh, – there are currently conversations uh, uh, going on about – whether some elected positions should instead be appointed. Bel Belmont's got a lot of elected positions. Right. Yeah, there's the, the treasurer and the library uh, board and the cemetery commission. Uh, do you have any opinions about whether those should remain as they are or whether they should be made appointed or hired? Well, my, my concern about any type of appointing is who's doing the appointing. If you, if you have a truly neutral board doing the appointing, then there's not an issue. 
But if that board's not a neutral board, then that appointment can be cause of question. Um, and, you know, w when you're doing a vote, arguably, that's going to give you the most neutral ability to have that spot filled by someone that's going to speak on behalf of the entire community. Now, Patrice Garvin, the uh, Belmont Town Administrator, recently filled a new position in town government. Uh, so we have, for the first time ever, a town budget director. Uh, given that we have a budget director now for the first time ever, in addition to having a town administrator, how would you view your uh, inner, I don't want to personalize this, how would you view the interaction between the Board of Selectmen and the town administrator and the budget director as far as the preparation and presentation of the town budget? Well, I, I think the open dialogue needs to be there. Um, you know, everyone, you're supposed to work as a team. Everyone has their, their individual jobs, but you have to come together, have open dialogue, and, and, and make sure that you're all working in the best interests of the community. And as long as you're doing that, then you're doing everyone right. Okay. Um, I, I want to, I, I worry sometimes that uh, election campaigns get down in the, the weeds. Uh, they do. So... Uh, uh, to an ex, uh, people aren't listening to this to listen to my opinions, but sure. to, uh, I'm going to give it to you anyway, uh, excessively so. So I'd like to take you up 20 or 30 or 40,000 feet uh, because uh, former New York Governor uh, Mario Cuomo uh, once uh, stated a quote that I've always loved. Uh, Cuomo said that you campaign in poetry, but you govern in prose. How do you respond to that? Or do you have a reaction to that? Uh, I mean, I'd like to think that everyone that is running for any elected position is running for the right reasons. Um, I know I'm running for the right reasons. Um, I hope the others are running for the right reasons as well. Um, you know, but I, I think the reality is sometimes, even if they are, there are, I'll say, team members that have their own agenda as well. Um, so, you know... I'd, I'd, I'd love to say you're not going to see anything negative in campaigns. Um, and I, I can tell you there will be, never be anything from me negative. Um, you know, but th do I realistically think that's going to happen over time? Yeah, of course I do. Uh, and that's why, you know, prior, prior to starting, you know, um, I, I had mentioned, you know, once, once you're a public figure, you're a public figure whether you like it or not. And you say, you said something that I can't let go by. Uh, you said that you're running for the right reasons. Right. What, uh, what do you consider those right reasons to be? So uh, one of the things that um, prompted me to actually get into the election, and as everyone knows, it was uh, more or less last minute. Um, I filed, uh, in fact, on the last day possible. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm a business owner in town, um, and um, I, I'm also on the uh, Tenery PTO, PTO for, for directory advertisements. And um, I've walked into every single business in this town, uh, unless it was like in a home. Um, and I've asked for advertising funds. Uh, you know, will you advertise in, in our book and um, in which supports the Chenery PTO, which supports the, the students of the town, um, or of Chenery, excuse me. And, um, you know. So of the middle school. Correct. And it, it was actually extremely surprising to me at the apathy 
that I received. And some at, at times it was it, it was a completely negative response. Um, and 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 I and I I'm, and I'm not saying uh, to the advertising. I'm saying in you know in respect to the town, there there was this negative feeling towards the town. Um, and and you know so I started to look at that a, a bit more. And it, one of the things that I've experienced myself was trying to open my business here is that the process is long and drawn out. Um, and as I started to investigate that more and started to talk to other businesses, it turns out that's pretty commonplace. Um, you know, right now I'm, I'm quoted, you know, roughly almost 12 months before a business can start the process to open. And people have to understand that as a small business and, you know, myself as a small business owner, you don't have unlimited funds. Sometimes it's paycheck to paycheck until you get things going. And it takes a, a few years to get things going. So if, if you're having to pay rent for 12 months and not be open and not have income coming in, on top of having to deal with contractors or, you know, in my case, they, they asked me to, to um, supply um, renderings, which other businesses in town said, well, at least I didn't have to do that. Um, you know, it, 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 it calls to question if we need to address the whole process, and, and I, I think we do. You know, and of course that that extends out in into the individual communities because of course then I started talking to to the local homeowners and and you know just people walking down the street, kind of getting their feeling on hey what is Belmont all about? You know, I'm I'm running a business and sometimes you miss some of that because you're so busy concentrating on your business. Then when you get out there and you actually put you know the feet to the ground, you know you start hearing a, a different perception of what the youth thought was happening. Uh huh. That's great. Well, we're, uh, we're almost out of time, but um, uh, I want to go through a lightning round. And this is uh, um, for fun. Sure. And uh, I'm going to give you 10 either-or choices. And I'd like to have you simply give me your answer without an explanation. Okay. Uh, and most of the time, the answer will be one word. Okay. Okay? Ready? Okay. Let's go. Winter vacations or summer vacations? Summer. Poker or chess? Poker. The Beatles or the Stones? Uh, that's a tough one, Beatles. Uh, baseball or football? Football. The beach or the mountains? Mountains. Red wine or white wine? White. Peanut butter and jelly or ham and cheese? Peanut butter and jelly. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Pancakes or waffles? Oh, another tough one. Uh, depends on the day, but we're going to go with waffles. Mac or PC? Uh, Mac. So, uh, for all of our listeners out there, we now know about Tim Flood. The, uh, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, not at all. Not at all. It's, uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, the, the one thing that, that I'd like to say, and, and, um, I've said it to pretty much everyone that I've run into is I just hope everyone keeps an open mind. And then at the end of the day, as as long as you vote your conscience, you're going to do the right thing. That's great. Thanks. The clock is indeed out on us. It's been great fun. I hope it's been as fun for you as it has uh, for me. And I want to, again, thank you. I know you're a small business owner. I know you're busy. And uh, I appreciate you taking time to come over to the studios today to talk with us. Thank you very much. Uh, I've been speaking today with Tim Flood, one of three candidates for Belmont's Board of Selectmen in a special edition of Community Conversations. I should note that Tim's opponents are also appearing on identical podcasts being taped today as well. 
You can access the conversations with all three candidates through the Belmont Media Center's website, belmontmedia.org. A video of our podcast session will also be rebroadcast any number of times on the Belmont Media Center's television stations. You can find the broadcast time by looking up Community Conversations in the TV listings on the BMC website. Today's conversations with Board of Selectmen candidates Tim Floyd, Tim Flood, I'm an Iowa State grad. Tim Floyd used to be the coach at Iowa State. Tim Flood, Roy Epstein, and Jesse Bennett is a special edition of Community Conversations. I will be back with you for our regular Community Conversations podcast next week. I'm your Community Conversations host, Roger Colton. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you again next time.